Hey, if you're loving the show, be sure to like, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And if you're interested in working with Amelia to better your love life, career, or business, please contact the self-love team at ameliafortes.com slash contact. Hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever in the world you are, you are listening to Courageous Self-Love, the official podcast for the self-love revolution. I'm your host, Amelia Fortes, and today is, drumroll, can you believe it, the last episode of season one, episode 22. And since we are ending a season, having the last episode, I saved this topic for last. One, it's very near and dear to my heart, and also I felt appropriate for something that's ending for now, season two coming in 2020. Um, Today's episode is called Self-Love and Grief. And grief is a really important topic to me in life because you know how they say the only thing constant is death and taxes. And I say, well, and so is grief because if you're a human being living on planet Earth, you have experienced all kinds of losses and grief is the response to loss. And so for today, um, it's such a big topic. I knew I couldn't tackle it myself. I'm actually really, really, really excited for the guest that we have with us today. Um, A little bit of background on why I'm so excited, aside from the fact that she's amazing, is that I read this grief recovery handbook when I was going through the deaths of my mother and my nephew, which were back to back. And it was really huge in our family. And this book really supported me through that healing process. And it's a book that teaches you something called the grief recovery method, which is an official method that is teachable, that you can go to support groups for. You can get trained on it. And I actually was able to get someone who trains the grief recovery method based on this book. So I'm really excited. Her name is Jocelyn Jackson Williams, and you'll get to know her in a moment. She is a certified advanced grief recovery method specialist and a trainer for the Grief Recovery Institute. Uh, She's also a blogger and an author, and we'll get to hear so much more about the work that she does. But thank you so much, Jocelyn, for being here. I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much, Amelia. I'm happy to be here. I love talking about this. So when um, we first talked, I was just excited at the prospect that we can have this conversation. Absolutely. It's so, so important. And one of the reasons why I love this book is that it not only teaches the method for how to heal through grief, the first like six chapters are really dedicated to correctly educating us on the misconceptions of grief. Right. And so I just wanted to ask you and have us talk a little bit about 
why is it even important for us to consider grief as a self-love topic or for us to even learn more about grief? Well, uh, the reason it's important for us to understand what grief actually is, is because like you said in the intro, like we all experience it. And I like that you said, yeah, death, taxes, and grief. That's about, that does cover it because we all experience losses. And one of the things that's important for people to understand is that grief is more than death and divorce. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when people hear the word grief, we go to one one of those two topics And so often people disqualify themselves and say, well, I'm not going through anything or I'm not grieving anything. I I can't tell you how many conversations I've I've had like that um, where people think that they're not going through something because it's not death. But the fact is, yeah. Mm -hmm. And every loss that we experience in our life is a grieving experience. And uh, if we don't understand that, then what we're doing is walking around with pain, walking around with grief, walking around with things inside of us unresolved. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is just, it's really a detriment to your life. So if you want to talk about self-love, one of the ways that we can love ourselves is to look at the painful things, look at the things that we wish in our life were different or better or more and address them. Um, and the grief recovery method is, is the way to address it in a way that you actually deal with it instead of just kind of sucking it up and going on with your life. I think also sometimes people think, you know, well, I've, I've lived this long with this, you know, going on. I could just keep going. But who wants to be functionally in pain? One of my favorite metaphors in the book is it talks about breaking your arm, right? And it's yeah. like, you know, when someone breaks their arm and like if there's bones sticking out and there's bleeding and all of that, people don't tell them, oh, time will heal or just wait for it to pass. And that's often what people say to those who are grieving. And what I loved about it that helped me understand why this book is important, why this method is important is because it actually gives you steps. Like, I mean, I'm no doctor, but you know, I know like you break an arm, you have to go to the hospital, they right. have to reset, they have to do this whole process, like reset the bone, stitch you up. There's a whole like sling and cast thing going right. on. And then you have to have the cast for a while. Then you have like checkups and physical therapy. So there's actual steps and a process that you take in order to heal that broken bone. Absolutely. But with, with grief, it's like, we're all basically walking around bleeding out, like you said, right? Like we've all dealt with grief, um, and but we're not healing it, quote unquote, properly. Right. So we, we know because of physical pain, like, oh, I need to take myself to the doctor mm-hmm. so I can get some help. But emotionally, we have this idea of just like, well, just tough it up. I'll just tough it up and, right. you know, walk, walk it off, but you can't, you can't walk off emotional pain. It has to be addressed. There, there are steps we have to, to take ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'd like to tell people, if you think about it this way, when, um, not only is our grief negative, this is one of the terms I, we talk about it, it being cumulatively negative. So that means not only when you're grieving something, is it that one issue, whether it be a death or a breakup of a relationship, whatever the loss happens to be, you're not just dealing with that particular pain. It's that pain plus everything else unresolved in you. 
Yes. And, you know, it's the reason why you can respond to something out of 10 when if you take a few moments and take a breather and realize, oh, you know what, that was probably a three or a four. It was because you were responding to not only that particular event, but everything else unres unresolved in you. So this idea that time heals all wounds is it's the exact opposite. Time makes it worse. Time gives more opportunity for other grief other things to compound to add on, on to add on. Yeah. And mm -hmm. what what do you mean by responding with a ten or a three or a four? I'm saying as an example, like in your life, if let's say you get into an argument with somebody and you're at the point of a ten and you're yelling and your blood's boiling and you can't believe this person did this, and you take a breather and you realize, oh. I was responding to that one per one thing they said, but that's also connected to this other unresolved issue unresolved. I have going on about it. It's it's all yeah. it's all connected. And that so, was huge for me in the book when yeah. I read that part because, uh, you know, I did the recovery method. I had purchased the book probably a couple years after my mom passed away, but I uh -huh. actually went through the whole process a few years after that. Because I just, I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't there. I wasn't ready. Like reading the book yeah. was really hard. Yeah. Um, but when I read the part of like, it's compounding and I was like, no wonder. Because mm -hmm. it's like, I, I did grief support and I also did one-on-one -on -one therapy. But when I read that part in the book, I was like, oh, but I haven't, I did the grief support, which was great. And it was like, you know, only a few weeks and then therapy. But this method is like, like a pin, it's like, specialized for healing grief versus, yeah. you know, just going to therapy or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I I'm, I'm not a type of person. I, I don't like to, I don't bash other modalities. I think therapy is great. Same. I think, yeah. I think grief well, course. support groups are great, yes. but what sets grief recovery apart from, from those are the action steps. Cause there are things that you are actually mm -hmm. going to be doing to get yourself to a place of recovery. So where you feel, um, the pain leaving you and your ability to experience happiness expands. Yeah. And it's so, so true. And just to not be so like, don't worry, those of you listening, as you know, I always link every resource in the show notes. So there will be a link to purchase the book in the show notes so that you can really see. Um, I don't really want this episode to be so much about what the steps are because I think you have to actually just go through it and we could be here for days oh, yeah. <laughs> about the steps. But I will say having been through the steps myself several times, it's it's second to none in terms of actual recovery from the pain. And we'll talk about Absolutely. that in a second because I want I definitely want to hear Jocelyn your story too of how you went through the method. Um, but a little bit before that, I also wanted to pull apart something you said that was really important that a lot of people think only death or divorce or right. breakup mm -hmm. results in grief. But there are so many things, right? Yeah. And even even going from a more negative situation to a more positive situation can result in grief. Like for me, moving from New York to Los Angeles was a great opportunity. And I was so excited. And, and the grief that I felt of like saying goodbye to New York Absolutely. hit me like a ton of bricks because I had right. no idea. And we're not taught to expect that. 
And it's like, people are like, oh, why do you feel bad? You're, you're going to a, a better place yeah. or like you're going to a better job or you're making more money. Why are you sad? And it's just like, no, that's not how it works. Like, yeah. yeah. Can you yeah. speak a little bit about that and what you've heard from all the people you've worked with around those misconceptions? Yeah, well, you know, one of one of the definitions of grief is that it's a change in a familiar pattern of behavior. So mm-hmm. just like what you said, whether it's a positive or negative experience, it's the fact that it is a change and it is different from what you are used to is it's a grieving experience in and of itself, mm-hmm. which is why I think sometimes people really do get stuck with their pain because they don't realize like, oh, this counts as grief. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really similar instance myself. I was living in LA and a couple of years ago, um, I decided to move back to Northern California to help take care of my dad and things just kind of happened all at once. And then my boyfriend proposed to me. And so then now I'm moved from the Bay area more to the Sacramento area and, and everything changed. So I left my job in Los Angeles, um, all of my friends, and um, it was just a humongous adjustment. Even though I was leaving for good reasons, right. um, it, was still, it was still very hard. And I remember talking to um, one person about it, just kind of sharing like how, how I've been having a hard time. And they're like, well, you got everything you wanted, right? You got married. I mean, you, you have so many great things. Just think about those great things. <laughs> and it, it's, it's, a, it's a really detriment to like our self-love and our self-worth to ignore the very real things. And, and it's yeah. not like your friend meant any harm. And it's, it's not like people mean any harm, but it's just we're so poorly educated. We're not yeah. even educated on grief. I think that's one thing I really appreciate. Like in the book, it says it multiple times, like we're yeah. not taught properly. And you actually yeah. reminded me, cause like you said, even getting proposed to getting married can bring up grief. Having yeah. a baby can bring up grief. And that's why there's so much like mom shaming that happens. Cause it's like, you just had the most wonderful thing in life happen to you. Like what the heck is postpartum depression or why do you feel bad? Like you shouldn't feel bad when it's like becoming a mother is like basically the death of your maidenhood of your and you know, getting married is the death of your singlehood. It's a totally different ball game. Absolutely. And so I love that, that you spoke to that. It reminded me about that too. When you said like getting proposed, like, like, yeah, you're getting everything you want. (laughs) Why are you so mad or why are you so upset? So thank you for bringing that in. Yeah. And I, I just, I would just like to say to um, people, because a lot of people feel that way. So I, I think a way to understand this is that you always just want to be aware of the entirety of a person's experience. So we're not just supposed to look at the happy, shiny stuff and then ignore the rest. It all needs to be dealt with. So I can be happy and sad at the same time. Mm. Um, Our emotions uh, make way for various different experiences like the one experience can can be multiple things and so it's important that when it veers towards something that we consider to be negative that we address it it doesn't yeah. mean we're in, ungrateful it it just mm. means we're honest and we right. being honest about your emotions is what gets you to a place of, of healing absolutely and i i think too one of the really cool things that it educates us about like this grief recovery method is you know, especially like if dealing with someone who's terminally ill and then when they finally pass, like there's a whole mixture of emotions because one, 
there's relief that, you know, they're not suffering anymore and also relief that you're not dealing with all of that anymore. Mm -hmm. But then of course, there's also the sadness of losing the person you love. Absolutely. But what you're saying is like, if we don't deal with the entirety of the person's experience, we're, we're like cutting off a whole section of who we are as humans. And that's what accumulates negatively. Mm -hmm. Would you say that? Yeah. Yeah. I had one, um, a friend of mine, her mother had ALS. And so, you know, that is a deteriorating disease. Um, And so the going from experiencing your mother as the vibrant person that she, that Mm -hmm. she was, and then not being able to do anything without assistance from other people, that process is, is very excruciating. And And so she, yeah. yeah. And she wanted to, it was painful and she wanted to get rid of the pain. And, but there is that sense of relief that the, the pain that you experience in this, in that, in, in losing day by day, the memory and function to you. Yeah, well, yeah. Of watching her lose her ability to function. And then comparing that to what you remember in your childhood of who your mother was for you, there can be some relief in releasing that pain. And yeah. it was really interesting because she came to me before the class started and she said, can I have some of my family members come? Join. And so yeah. it, it was just one of the most amazing groups I had half of the group that were related to each other. I had them work with the other half, but they wow. all came yeah, yeah. for the same, for the losing that particular person and dealing with the pain of losing them as well as um, the relief that they felt that that portion of of that was gone. Yeah. And this was was a class that you taught around basically taking people through the grief recovery method. Yes. Uh Yeah. That's so beautiful that they, and that they all were willing to go. Oh yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest downfalls of the fact that we're so poorly or misinformed about grief is that not a lot of people deal with it. And even though there are resources available, they won't. So I think that's beautiful that so many family members were willing to do that. Yeah. They took it together, you know, so, you know, you're coming from the same learning and you can understand each other. And sometimes I think it it does take a friend or a family member, somebody close to you um, to say, hey, I'm actually hurting and I want to get some help to yeah. kind of break that shield of I'm fine. I can just tough this out and right. to be able to realize, yeah, I'm hurting too. So maybe if that's going to work for you, I'll, hey, might as well give it a shot. Let's do it <laughs> you know? together. Yeah. So I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the met. I mean, and again, we can talk a little bit about some of the steps, right? But obviously, you know, for those of you listening, if you're really intrigued and you, you want to do the steps, I definitely recommend purchasing the book and going through the steps. I also definitely recommend doing it with a partner. I know there's temptation to do it alone, but definitely do it with a partner all across the country, there okay. are grief recovery specialists offering classes, one-on-ones. Um, I do workshops now, so the the entire method. You, I think you did a class, which was it about eight weeks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I'll do a workshop. It's an all-day, two-day workshop. So it's essentially the it's the same. Uh, grief recovery method, uh, but a little bit more intense, <laughs> right? Like it's, it's uh, all eight weeks basically put into two days, two days. 
It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty simple. You can, um, when you go to the site, it'll say, there's a button that says get help. And then you can type in your zip code and it'll, it'll show you the specialist in your area. That's awesome. And so let's talk a little bit. I love to hear, you know, your story. And I don't know how many times you've been through the process for yourself. Um, But maybe if you want to either share the first time you went through it or the most impactful time, I'd love to hear about that. And we can kind of swap stories a little bit. Sure. I I can't count how many times. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, I, I think the first time really is probably the most impactful because it's what, it's what changed me because I was a person, I I didn't grow up um, learning to talk about my emotions. You know, we, we were, yeah, yeah. Right. (laughs) I, I was in a family where the adults had their adult conversations separate Mm -hmm. from the children. So children never heard a a quote unquote adult stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But the, the important part about that is that some of this adult stuff that you're working through, children need to actually hear it. They need to see and hear the problem and see and hear how you resolve it because otherwise we're not equipped to, to resolve our own issues when they come up later on in life. And so that was very much me. I had quite a few things happened in, um, in my childhood and my teenage years. Um, and I never talked about them. I was sexually abused in um, in two different instances. And by the time that that happened, age 15, 14 and 15, around those ages, um, I was so well-practiced by that time at not talking about things that um, I just kept that to myself too for, for quite a few years and to my detriment too. Um, Mm -hmm. I ended up having an anxiety attack at, at the age of 15 because there was so much going on at that time. It was not only that my parents were separating. I've been moving in and out of the house because I was helping take care of my grandmother, just a lot of changes that I, um, didn't have any outlet to really process and no so, tools. No. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up having, yeah, I had no tools whatsoever, ended up having a um, anxiety attack. And then when I went to the hospital, I went, listen, I tell you, I cannot remember the doctor saying anything about my emotional health or well-being. She Mm. said that I had to eat more, like I needed more calories. So I even walked away from, from a medical professional thinking, Mm. I just, Oh, I just need to eat more. Like (laughs) just no tools to actually acknowledgement at all. Yeah. And, but you know, maybe what might be fair to her is I'm pretty sure I didn't share those things with her, but she also didn't ask. Um, But the, the idea that our physical bodies are separate from our, our emotions and that they don't interact is was something I believed at that time, but I just know um, experience after experience how wrong that is, how Absolutely. it's all connected and it needs to be addressed. And so, we're getting better now, like in society. I still yeah. think we're 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 like really far behind, but it's definitely better from when like I was a kid. Yes, was absolutely. Younger. There's a lot more holistic approaches. Yeah, um, oh. but then we won't even talk about health insurance though, because usually more holistic don't aren't covered. Yeah, you're gonna um, pay for but all that's that a whole other tangent. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> we won't cover it. But go do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a good, it is. It is getting better because when my mom died, um, and this was 2002. 
Mm-hmm. Um, she died in the fall. And then by that spring, I just had a couple of physical things that were happening. I had some um, bumps just kind of popping up on my skin. And then my hair started falling out like in droves. Oh, so, wow. so much so that I, I always say it, it looked like I would, had gone through chemotherapy and just didn't shave my hair. That's how thinned out my hair got. And oh, wow. I um, went to the doctor and, and said, can you please help me? What is going on? Mm-hmm. And he asked me, he said, did anything traumatic happen to you last fall? And I said, wow. my mom died. And he said, and this is what's happening with you right now. This is your body's response to that pain and to that grief. So absolutely. Finally an acknowledgement though about Mm -hmm. the emotional experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that was the first experience I'd ever had like that from a, from a doctor. Um, And that was great. Cause like you said, growing up, there wasn't much acknowledgement and like the adults had their adult conversations. Mm -hmm. So it was probably one of the, or at least one of the first times anyone even acknowledged an emotional experience. Yeah. Yeah. And it was um, so helpful um, in my, and and this is still years before I did any grief recovery myself, but it was so helpful for me to know that, um, that there's, there is a reason for this. It's not randomly happening to me. I'm not cursed. It's not, you know. And emotions can lead to physical symptoms. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and vice versa, right? Like if you're in a, like, that's why your living situation is also really important for your emotional, physical, and mental health. Absolutely. They, they all affect each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so if, you, yeah. if you're constantly in a state of stress, that's going to affect you, your, yeah. your body as well. Right. And if you're not dealing with your grief, then like you said, it compounds negatively, accumulates, and then, you know, that's how we have a bunch of people. So how did that eventually lead to you finding the grief recovery method and like going through it and supporting so, you? Yeah, I, I, th- I think I was just blessed to find it because it was, it, it didn't happen of my own planning, really. Uh, right. At the time Me I too. was, <laughs> you too, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I was at the time working for my church and we were looking for recovery programs Mm. um, and particularly a grief one. And so I went uh, about researching grief programs and I was Googling people and calling people. And by the fifth person, I tell you, I I think it was five people in a row um, said, yeah, I got trained at the grief recovery Institute. I'm like, let me call this. Institute. Let me see what's going on with this. Yeah. Let me talk to these people and um, called and talked to the uh, executive director at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, And he talked to me for 45 minutes Wow, um, that's so beautiful. Right. And I was like, who does that? Like, he's, yeah. you're, you're the executive director of this place. Why would you yeah. spend your time? But I, that was Russell. Russell loved grievers. He loved talking. He loved grievers. Yeah. It was a perfect combination for him. Yeah. So he um, just spent time talking to me, not just about how can I bring this back to my church, but just getting to know me. And by the end of that conversation I was like yeah this is the place I have to go for this for a training that's so good to hear because the other thing I love about reading this book because I know sometimes I talk about it like it's the steps and it sounds like such a strategy but Mm -hmm. there's so much love that pours out of this book and Russell 
is one of the authors. So there's two authors of this book for those of you listening, John and Russell. And there's, I just feel like reading it. I just feel so held and loved. And at this point I've read it like dozens of times now, but (laughs) it's, it's, that's so good to hear. And that authenticity and that care shines through. So to hear that you had a personal experience with him like that, one, I'm not surprised to hear it. And two, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Cause even from this book, just pouring their love to those of us that are grieving. That's so and that's great that you, I, 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 that was just great feedback. I love hearing that you were able to sense that from reading the book without having yes. a conversation like that. That's great. Did you immediately go to get trained then? Or did you just like bring someone to the church at that point? Oh no, I went for the training. Oh, and yeah. um, so, but still, you know, still in the mindset, like I'm here to help people. Right. <laughs> I'm not doing this for me. Like I, I'm good. <laughs> I'm okay. I've read a lot of books. That's what right. I did. I, I like reading. I read a lot of books. So that's, you know, that's good enough for me. And it's enough for me to start helping people. And then I sat myself down in that training and then he, mm. he presented that poster where it talks about the purpose of the training, which is, and I cannot count how many U's. It's a lot of them. And the U's were in a different color because they were making a point. You are here for you, essentially. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. It's like you, you, you. It's like you can pretend not to know it, but your subconscious will be reading all these U's. <laughs> you will, yes. And yeah. you will, before you get to helping other people, which is why you think you're here, you're going to work on your own grief. Um, I love that's where and you so have you met both John and Russell yes because mm-hmm. their their humor does shine through in the book too because um the other thing too like I said I, I I recommend doing the process with someone else and they they have that kind of attitude too like even through the third step they're like now is your last chance to find a partner, <laughs> you know, like you can do it on your own, but uh-huh. <laughs> that's, it's, and that's a beautiful mixture, like to have such love and compassion and warmth, mm-hmm. the right amount of humor and kind of like tough love pushiness, but like yeah. the right amount yeah, that is what's needed for grief recovery. Absolutely. Um, and I love that you like openly admit like, yeah, I read all these books and stuff and Books are great. Like you said, everything has its place. Books, grief support, therapy, not knocking any of it because it's all supportive. But absolutely with this method, it's the actions that you take that mm-hmm. truly create the transformation and the recovery. So the after the you poster got me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, got it. <laughs> I am. Um, and I realized, okay, I'm going to have to work on something. So what I, this is the other huge aha moment I had in the training is I thought that I, I came prepared to talk about the death of my mother. So that was the one thing that I thought was grief in my life. And then, right. so we start talking about, like we were saying earlier, we there's so many different yeah. types of losses. Mm-hmm. And so one of the steps in, um, in the grief recovery method is to be aware, to acknowledge and be aware of all the losses in your life because they all, um, they all impact you. Um, I, and I like to tell people when I'm doing trainings, I, I tell them, think of it this way. All, any anything that's unresolved in you, please consider it to be to have actual real estate inside of your body. So it's not something like if we just pretend to ignore it that it goes away, but it actually 
is living inside of you and it is toxic and it needs to get out. Because I think that visual is important for some people. It's taking, just, it's which, taking up real estate, like literally. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. It's not just, you know, a puff of air because we, because we think we can just pretend it doesn't exist. It, it actually does, mm-hmm. um, which is another one of the, um, the myths that um, is really prevalent is this idea is um, with, the, with the keep it time as well. It's just look, if I just ignore it long enough, keep, keep really busy and just get myself involved in other things that somehow it'll go away, yeah. but it doesn't go away. Well, I'm already over it. <laughs> uh huh. I said that so many times about so many things. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm all over it. Oh, I'm over it. Mm-hmm. Until I did my, so that that's, I, I believe that's one of the first steps. It's not the very, very first step to do that, but yeah, to do your like loss history, like all of the losses that was so impactful for me mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's an awareness piece for like, it's, yeah. I literally thought the the death of my mother was the only thing going on in my life. So for me to then acknowledge, yeah. no, these are all, all the things that have happened in my life that are losses. Um, and to stop saying, well, I'm just, I'm just over it, but to just take a moment to address them um, yeah. is, is really essential in, in a part of the process of healing. Yeah. Awareness is, always the first step. It's so, so key. <laughs> yeah. Like, a lot of times, especially, you know, cause I work with a lot of clients too, and they always want like steps and like, what do I do? And it's like, you know, sometimes just being aware of it is the healing process. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely with acknowledging all the losses. Yeah. I would Somebody agree. said, one of my favorite quotes is awareness is curative. So you, you, you won't get to the healing if you're not yet aware, if you won't classify something as to what it actually is, you can't get yourself to a place of healing. But because we're just so accustomed to not addressing things and we think that's right because that's what was taught to us by our family and friends, then we just, we never get to the place we need to be. And it's kind of like we're like going through life with all this extra baggage. You know, I think a lot of people can have heard of that term, extra baggage. And usually it's used to like judge someone else like, oh, they got a lot of baggage. But the truth is we all have a lot of baggage. Anything that we haven't looked at, that we haven't resolved is is baggage. Yeah, we all, I think, I think the... The, you know, our egos like to present ourselves as having it all together. I'm the Fair bomb. <laughs> I got it going on. Nothing affects me. I figured me. it out. I've been through some stuff, but you know, I figured it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I love like, for me, something that's been supportive to me is just n- naming things what it is and like educating as I go myself and others. It's like, I'll just call it grief. You know, and people will be like, no, but it's a new job and it's really great and it's really wonderful. And I'm like, yeah, you're grieving. <laughs> like, right. Uh-huh. You know, or like, yeah. oh, no, but I'm so happy. I have a new baby now. But, you know, I'm just really tough. You know, but it's normal kind of like brushing things off. And I'm like, yeah, you're grieving. You're grieving yeah. when you had no children. And even if you already had a child and you have another one, you're grieving the time when you only had one or you only had two. Like, any, I love how you said that, and that's kind of like the definition. Any change in a familiar pattern mm-hmm. will bring up grief. Yeah, and I think it's just this. I think there's a fear that we that people have that if if I say 
I, I'm grieving something, or if I acknowledge this loss, or I acknowledge mm-hmm. this as a loss, that somehow I'm going to fall apart, and I won't be able to, yeah. to manage, and I won't be able to live my life. And so it's, the fear is even, the fear is wrong. Like, if we can remove that idea from our minds, and understand that there is, there's healing that's available to me, um, and I, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging what's going on with me. I love Um, that. That's so, so good. And I just want to like, for those of you listening, just soak that up. I think it's really important to soak that up because we're so conditioned to not acknowledge the tougher emotions. And then we just have this belief that, yeah, I'm going to fall apart. And that like, there's like a unconscious fear that we're not going to survive it somehow. Mm -hmm. But grief is so normal. Yeah. And it's not as normalized as I think it should be. As it should be. Yeah. And, and But I think it just, it takes practice. It takes knowing what this is and doing it and then experiencing for yourself some healing um, to, to know that this actually works. It's nothing to be afraid of. It's a little uncomfortable and a little painful sometimes yeah. to go through it, but like, yeah, it's, it's normal pain, normal discomfort. It's part of life. <laughs> yeah, but in pain, you know, pain, I, I think about this a lot of times is that we, you think pain is wrong. Like there's something wrong with me if I'm in that's pain. True. That's and true. And that's not the, yeah, it's not the complete accurate representation of pain. Pain d- does serve a purpose. We're not meant to linger in it and have it forever, right. but, we, right. but when we have it, we should be honest about it and then, and work through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more you, the more you are in the habit of acknowledging what you're actually feeling, um, and the losses that you have, and then, and then processing them, th- the more c- accustomed you'll be to doing that in the future, as opposed to walking around Absolutely. with some things you never need, to, never were intended to keep. Like literally I, the way that I explain it is like, you're emotionally bleeding out. It's like, imagine walking with like a gash in your side. Yeah. Just like bleeding out. Like mm-hmm. you would, you would stitch it up right away. You, you can't, you can't ignore that. You can't let time heal that. Like you need to go to the hospital and get some stitches. Yes. So like, that's what I love about this method is like, it's, it's the emotional hospital and the emotional stitches. And there's a process and the steps are so beautifully designed and ordered in a way that truly creates healing. Yeah. And I know you said it is great. I think for people to read for themselves and to, um, but overall the the overviews, you spend the first part kind of unlearning some things. So like some of the myths we talked about. So you just learn about what you've, what you've been taught and what you've been operating out of. And so you, you get the unhelpful things out of you to then build on, um, the rest of it, which are, which are your actual losses and, um, and the the relationships in your life that, um, there's just something you wish were different or better or more, or really being able to say goodbye to the pain. That's just an overview of what, of what those, um, steps do. Well, yeah. And actually just to call myself out on that, cause I know for those of you listening, if, you know, if I fell, fell for this, um, you might too, like 
for me, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's just get to the steps. And I actually tried to like skip the first couple, like the uh, unlearning. Are you the person who reads the end of the book first? Or? Um, actually, no. But <laughs> I think I think with the grief that I was dealing with and the accumulated pain, I just wanted it like out of me. You, oh, you want to be done with it. I want to be done with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just like, so in this case, I didn't read like the last, last step, but I like skipped like the first few being like, yeah, 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 intro stuff, intro stuff. Like I totally had that um, arrogant kind of like, I've done a lot of personal development work. <laughs> like I'm good. No, like, and, and my listeners, those of you, you know, I've done a lot of personal development work and you know that I'm very much about following the steps, <laughs> but this, like you might be, so I, I'm calling that out because those of you listening, you might be tempted like I was, um, but no, go through the steps, get a partner like do the whole shebang and it'll all pay off in the end. And I think that's what had mine stretch out for years because I kept trying to skip and like, yeah. and, you know, okay. What would you say to that as someone who is a trainer in this for anyone who either what I went through or other things that you've seen that have, I don't know what, how you would say it, but like stunted people's processes. What are some well, I, advice I, you can give us? As a, so I could answer that as a trainer and as a specialist. So as a trainer, I'm, I certify people who want to do this work, who want to teach grief recovery, right? So these are people who are like me at first coming in there. Oh, I'm coming to help other people. Help other, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and a, a lot of those people are like you. They're very um, learned. They, mm-hmm. they have their particular degrees. They have their expertise in, in various areas and their certifications in X, Y, and Z. So, yep, yep. Um, so what am I going to teach them, right? There's a little bit of that um, resistance, be- but it's because the work that people come in into these trainings with it's it's intellectual in nature it's their intellectual properties but the work we do in grief recovery is it's emotional work you know we do explain it you know in 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 an intellectual way to some extent but you're doing emotional work and so there's a process there's an emotional process that you go through so this is not um your head telling you what the correct steps are to work through all of this. It is knowing what is healthiest for your heart and, Mm, and, and getting out of this concept that my, my brain will tell me what I should be doing or what I, what I think is the right step. Then I'll just go in that way. That just won't help you. Um, We always say our job is to move you six degrees down from your brain into your heart Mm. and Mm -hmm. work. um, I think some of my, most challenging trainings have been people who have just had a hard time doing that because they, they, it's, it's safer. It's safer for us to just use our brain and our reasoning. I worked on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what I, so what I realized when I see that happening and somebody's like, Oh, this person is, uh, they're, they're doing their best to avoid what's going on with them emotionally. And, and their brain seems like a safe haven for them, (laughs) but it, it always comes back to, what's what is unresolved in you and that's an emotional issue yeah Um, and I mean yeah it was certainly like a nice bite of humble pie for me because you know I consider myself highly emotionally intelligent highly aware conscious learned like you said and I love how you just said it right now it really landed things for me of like 
they're doing their best to avoid what's going on, what's really going on emotionally. Mm -hmm. yep. And that was absolutely what I was doing. And I'm usually not one to avoid. Like I'm very, I'm always like, let's do it. Let's go deep. Like every, like everyone that knows me knows this. So it was just very interesting to experience how unconsciously and like automatically resistant I was. Mm -hmm. And I really had to like call myself out on that. Um, so that's why I definitely want to like name it here. Cause for those of you listening, you're going to, you're going to get this book, you're going to do it. You're, you know, there's going to be all kinds of experiences that you have that are either like mine or Jocelyn's or different, but just, just, just trust the process. So with, so Russell ended up becoming my mentor. He would help me through um, boyfriend conversations. And um, I called him about this one guy I was seeing. And um, I, I told him, I, I actually don't think this is going to work out, but I'm still in this relationship. What is wrong with me? Um, why don't I just, um, get out of it? And he said something to me that really shook me to my core. He said, well, I, I think you're hoping you're hoping for the best, but you have done enough grief recovery work to know that even if your heart gets broken, that you have a way out and that you'll Ooh. heal from it. Oh, that hits me to my core. I got goosebumps in my cheeks. And that's, that's how you know. That's like, real, right? That it's, is so real. It still gets, it scares me when I think about it, but that it's is true. so real. And you know what? It, it's, some, it's a version of something I say a lot, like, because with self-love, right? Like, I say, like, self-love, a big piece of self-love is trusting yourself mm -hmm. that you got you. And mm -hmm. that you will be okay. That you will survive this. Yeah, that's where, like, because, like, you're let. That's like being in the trenches with yourself. You know, trusting yourself. And yeah, woo, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so so good. Um, that's what I hope yeah. for for people to do this. Like that, you would know how to recover from your pain so much so that you don't fear anything coming. Like you, you know, there's a, you know there's a way for you when you trust that you can trust yourself to take bigger risks and to take those leaps of faith and you get stuck a lot less. You know, I think so many people, especially well, probably a lot of people listening are stuck in various kinds of ruts, whether it's career, whether it's relationship, family, inner spiritual faith, whatever, there's all kinds of ruts that we get stuck in and we're so afraid to step outside of those comfort zones because we don't want to take those risks. But I think what you're saying and like what Russell just stabbed straight through my heart too <laughs> just now with is like we, we're unconsciously fearful of like, because I'm not going to survive it mm -hmm. if I take that leap. But we will survive. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's – um you can't, you can't trade that in for anything to be able to know that you are going to be okay. Even yeah. if you experience. And if I can just punctuate this, everything that we've talked about, um, you, everyone listening knows I do a lot of personal development. I work on myself a lot. This grief recovery handbook and the grief recovery method has hands down been one of the main things that has helped me tie up loose ends and resolve things that are unresolved that feel impossible to resolve. Cause you know, especially like 
mommy issues, daddy issues, bitter breakups, abuse that I've had in my history too. Um, just devastating things that feel impossible to heal. Like this method takes you through those steps. For me, I love strategy. I love steps. Like just tell me the steps and I'll follow them. Right. Like this is the way to go. Um, any punctuations you'd like to leave the listeners with in terms of this method and how it's helped you and others that you've trained? I, I would just encourage um, people to to do the work. One of the things I love to remember and share with people is that grief constricts your capacity for happiness, but grief recovery, because that's what we're doing is recovery work. The recovery helps you once again, expand your capacity for happiness. So we kind of think that whatever we're feeling right now is the best it's going to get, or we're just going to make way, but you Mm -hmm. actually have the ability to have a deeper sense of happiness, a, you know, a more profound joy in your life. But that takes yes. looking at the things that are unresolved and, and working on them. Thank you so much for saying that. That is such an important point. And I will say, you know, and I think people who know me see me as someone with a big capacity for happiness. Like, I, I think like I'm like bottled joy <laughs> or not even bottled. I'm just like joy in human form. Um, but yes, going through this method and this process for me has absolutely opened me up to a much deeper, more profound capacity for happiness. So thank you so much for saying that because I'm like nodding the whole time you were saying that. Um, and the first time I did it was with for the loss of my mom. And anyone who's had a mom, which is all of us, um, whether they were biological or otherwise, there's a lot of complication there, right? There's a lot of happiness. There's a lot of like all kinds of things and a lot of history. And this method has truly, truly been a like cherry on top of like completing my relationship with my mother, even years after she passed. Um, So thank you for saying that because I've been able to be happy in a way that I didn't think was possible. And I think one of the myths too is like people think like, oh yeah, if your mom dies or if your spouse dies or if your child dies, there's like this myth of like, you'll never be happy again. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's like setting us up for such failure. And I really believed in that. I was like, yep. Once my mom dies, you know, and then my nephew died and you know, like that's it. Like life for the rest of my life is permanently handicapped. Yeah. And that's, and that's just what's, what it's supposed to be for the rest of your life. And it's not true. Like I, I can say that from experience and I'm sure. Just real quick. I'll just tell you this. Um, yeah. I think for um, parents in particular, I think they hear it the most, like you never recover from losing your child. child. And, but what I would like to tell people is that the Grief Recovery Institute was founded because the founder, which is John James, had his baby boy died three days after he was born. And he and his wife tried to, you know, to work through it with, in in the best way that they knew how, but they didn't have any tools. They ended up divorcing. And so he really Mm -hmm. realized I, I need to figure out if I'm going to live, I need to figure out 
some ways to to deal with this pain. And yeah. so through process of really going on an odyssey to discover some things that are helpful is how the Grief Recovery Handbook came into be yeah. and to how the Institute came into fruition. So the all of this work was founded from the experience of one griever whose child died three days after he was born. And so we're not saying that you're ne- you're not going to ever miss that person that you love. Obviously that stays with us forever, but yes. uh, the pain that you associate to that relationship, that's not something that you have to keep for the rest of your life. It sometimes it feels like it's a part of your identity, but it's actually not. So learning how to detach from that pain is, is some of the work that you have the, benefit of doing with with the grief recovery method that's so thank you so much that is so so beautifully said and yes those of you listening if you leave with anything like leave with that oh plus the russell quote that stabbed us both (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah how do we how do we follow you i know you have a blog um tell us tell us how we continue following your work how we can take your classes or you know, yeah, me, I, my site is com. That's where all of my, my blogs are. I have a page that's specific to loss and grief for the, for the workshops. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And as always linked in the show notes, Jocelyn, you are amazing. I'm so happy I found you. I'm so happy we connected. I could not have thought of a better guest. I originally was going to just tackle this episode myself and talk about the book and talk about my experiences. But the idea popped in. I was like, what if I could get someone that trains this? And I did. And I'm just so, so happy. I was so excited when we connected, you have no idea. Like my cheeks are like, so like hurting right now. Cause I'm just smiling so big. So thank you for, you just ooze compassion and warmth and so much knowledge as well. Uh, so I really appreciate you being here. I, I thank you for finding me and I'm so glad we got to talk earlier. Um, I was just, I've been excited. I've been just as excited to not only have this conversation, but to have it with you. So this yeah. has been fantastic. Oh, thank you. I feel that. I received that. Thank you so, so much. And to those of you listening, this has been Self-Love and Grief. Please click the show notes and get a copy of the book. Find a class in your area. Do the work. Just like Jocelyn said, it's not just for death and divorce. If everyone could do this work, I'm sure Jocelyn agreed with me. Like, If everyone could do this, just do it. You'll have more capacity for happiness and love in your life. And that is all for now. And goodbye to season one. I don't think everyone knows this sometimes, but if you go to the website for each episode, there are actually journaling questions that can help you take the work even deeper. So this episode will also have journaling questions which will be totally different than the grief recovery method. So if you want some extra depth and learning, check out the website, do the journaling questions. Thank you again, Jocelyn. Thank you everyone for listening. I love you and we are out for now. Goodbye. Hey, if you're loving the show, be sure to like, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And If you're interested in working with Amelia to better your love life, career, or business, please contact the self-love team at ameliafortes.com slash contact. I'm going